This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I am Emily Leadham. And we're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us and allowing us into your homes this fine, beautiful morning. It's been a great morning, Emily. It has been a fabulous morning. I it's feel like we've had fast. Yeah, we had great conversations this morning with Andrew Hewitt, who uh, is the development director at the banquet, the feeding ministry here in in the diocese of Sioux Falls and here in the community of Sioux Falls, uh, and then had a. Beautiful conversation with Robin Robin Brueggemann. Isn't she fun? I don't think I've ever met her. Oh, really? She's great. So that was a treat. Yeah, you would love her. Yeah, she's she's a great uh, mentor, I think, for for me as a young mom. uh, And uh, yeah, just I like how she kind of explained just, you know... Just try it. If it doesn't work for your family, then move on to something else. And yeah, who cares? yeah. And as you we know? quickly approach Advent, I think it can feel a little bit overwhelming of what do we want to do this year? You know, at one point I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get my new candles for our Advent wreath and that kind of thing. And, and it's like, no, take a deep breath and actually allow this to be fun. Allow yeah. it to be a place of creativity. The and funny thing that I kept thinking when she was talking about all these things is I always have all these high goals for Advent and Lent yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Last year when... Uh, we were celebrating Christmas. Mom, who, my mother, who yes. runs the mustard seed. Yeah, the seed, mustard seed. You know, we tend to be quite busy ladies. And so we sat down at our Christmas meal and we hadn't even lit our own Advent wreath. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. No, or very depressing. I'm not sure I which. <laughs> oh, my like, goodness. It's like, okay, so maybe we need to take a few steps back. Yes. Here we are selling all these Advent wreaths and... Getting all of this information out about how people now, can enter more deeply into their season of Advent. going to kill me because I just announced that over the Oh, airwaves. that's okay. We'll <laughs> let it slide just this once. Well, I am really excited to chat with our next guest, Brandon Connell, who is the Assistant Professor of Music at uh, Mount Marty. Uh, Brandon, are you with us? I'm with you. Hello. Good morning. Good- Good morning. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us on Real Presence this morning. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself to get us started? Well, there's, there's not that much to tell. I, I work on music every day at Mount Marty University, live in Yankton with my lovely wife and our four kids. And um, yeah, it's a good life making music and helping others make it at the university. So how many choirs do you have at Mount Marty? I have three choirs at Mount Marty. I have our two primary collegiate choirs, the Mount Marty Choir, um, an audition choir, and then a pop a cappella choir um, that's called Smooth Benediction. And then we have a choral union, which is a community chorus. It's got some of the sisters singing it, some various people from the community with singing background, some students are in it, some faculty. And that's kind of y'all come sing and let's make some music. And that one meets once, once a week. Hmm. And with COVID around, are you still meeting? Are you still able to perform? The choir that meets once per week is on hiatus. It's just more to do with um, probably demographic than anything. We've got a number of singers in the age category that are a little higher risk. So we took the semester off. We're going to sort of gauge once more whether we can go in the spring. And if not, we'll be back next year. The other choirs, though, are rehearsing fully every day and with all their distance and all of their, their masks and everything and temping every day. So we're, we're trying to be as safe as we can while we make music. 
Absolutely. Well, Brandon, I, I was a choir member myself throughout uh, high school and college. And one of my favorite times of year to be in choir uh, was coming up on Christmas. I just think there's something mm. uh, really extraordinary about the choral music of Christmas time. So would love to know uh, your excitement uh, this time of year, what you're working on, what's coming up, maybe a little bit about the Vesper service that I know is right around the corner as well. Great. Yes. I mean, it really is the season for choristers and choirs. So we're very excited every time this comes around. As you know, you a lot of times will start working on Christmas music earlier than you maybe are ready for it in the school year, uh, which is what we've been doing because that's what it takes to get it prepared. But we're excited, nonetheless, to finally sing the program. And we've got, you know, many of the traditional carols we're singing or various arrangements of those. Um, we always sing a few things that are pretty hot off the press as far as Christmas literature, but it, it, it's core literature, so it stands very well in the tradition. It's either a motet or an anthem, uh, it might be in Latin, or just the traditional carol arranged a new way. So those are the kinds of things you're likely to hear. You'll hear some ancient texts, like an Omanium Mysterium, um, and then a lot of your just the carols that you are likely to hear, maybe even on the radio or just at church on Sunday. Hmm. Okay, I have a question for you, Brandon. I think that uh, the more we listen to modern music, um, sometimes the more difficult it becomes to appreciate the the work and really the the dynamism, the the dynamics of great choral music. Um, and I would love to know from your perspective, as someone that lives in that world and just has a great love and affection for choral music, um, how can how can individuals come to just greater appreciate choral music? I, I'm going to be totally honest. I would be someone that would fall asleep in a symphony or or something like that. And, it, and it's embarrassing to admit that, but I think it's because our ears are just not attuned to beauty in the same way. You know, we just don't recognize the complexity for which it is. So any, um, any thoughts on that, how we, how we can maybe enter into the beauty of, of particularly sacred choral music? Yeah, that's a great question. I, should, I think you should take my job. <laughs> You've got a really great <laughs> that's the Yeah, you're, we're on the same team for sure. It is difficult, I think, in our in our modern age, and maybe it has been for a while, and we just haven't realized it. The music we're used to hearing, and and of course the way we hear it is we just press play, or we just yeah. push the button, and there's the music, and we don't realize that even those artists probably took them a dozen or fifty takes to get exactly what they wanted out mm-hmm. of that. Um, so that's one thing. But in regards to sacred music, sacred choral music, uh, we always have the marriage of the music to the text. And as a sacred musician, primarily, I'm always very concerned with the text and making mm-hmm. sure that the music and the text match one another and that we're blessed to, to be able to highlight some of these beautiful and ancient texts, gospel texts, the very words of Christ often. Uh, so we, we take a special care with it. And the music alone is difficult. I mean, it's difficult to get in a room and even with very talented singers, to make them all, uh, to not make them, but to help them make music together, to listen a lot, uh, to use their voices in a way that's not soloistic, that is, that is uh, more of a listening and a sharing voice. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely an acquired taste. 
so to the, to the general public, I would just say, come and listen. And the more you hear this music, the more you'll fall in love with it. The beauty is unmatched. Hmm. So we are talking about an upcoming Christmas Vesper service. For those that aren't familiar, um, Vespers are is a word that is used a lot within the Catholic Church. Can you explain just what Vespers are? Our Vespers is, is pretty much an Advent Christmas even song. I mean, it's an, it, it would be comparable to something like that. For us, it's, it's an evening sung prayer. Um, this year, we're pairing each... Well, we're pairing scripture readings with their own specific choral piece. So it, really every year it takes a slightly different form for us, just based on what, what music we're programming, which scripture readings we're, we're going to hear, things like that. Traditionally, uh, it, the Vespers that we sing isn't a technically uh, all the exact texts and liturgical Vespers that mm. the, the church lays out for us. But we model it after that. And uh, sometimes we use very specific elements from it, and other times we go a little bit astray, um, just based on what maybe the audience might like to hear, what the students might like to sing. And so we kind of consider everything. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, Vespers, I think the actual word means evening. And so there's that really beautiful uh, kind of darkness and light. Mm-hmm. And I think especially during Advent uh, and Christmas time, we see that uh, element of Vespers really come to life. Oftentimes the chapel or, or space in which Vespers is being sung, if it's a more formalized Vespers, there's just something so sacred about it. And uh, yeah, very peaceful, mm-hmm. uh, I think. And yeah. so, yeah, it's beautiful. Are you, so our is your choir singing Vespers how regularly? Is this kind of a one-time evening, or do they do it regularly? We do it for the Advent Christmas Vespers only. Uh, okay. For the one, one time a year. Uh, it'd be nice if we would find a way to do it more often. We'd love to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, this I think you're right. This is a quiet reference, very prayerful, sort of drawing the people in together. The choir serves... Uh, to help people reflect on the scripture readings that are there, but also to offer the beauty of the choral, the Christian choral tradition. Uh, I know many places do a, a very large production um, that's very exciting and very bright uh, for Christmas, but we are as quiet, as prayerful as can be, we hope. And um, yeah, just more, it's the end of a year, and this particular year, a very long one. So that's what we're hoping people will do. We want to draw mm. them in to listen to the scripture and then reflect off of that with the music. Mm. Yeah, there's a few times where I've participated in Vespers. I just find it to be a very prayerful experience. And uh, it can be a little intimidating because uh, I don't know all of the Latin or whatever. And yet there's something very transcendent Mm -hmm. about it in which uh, you don't need to understand or you don't need to know all of the music uh, to really enter in and to experience the power of the Holy Spirit kind of coming and being present to us in in a beautiful way, especially during the Advent season in preparation for Christmas. So, Indeed, indeed. Well, and I always, when I listen to Vespers, I always like to close my eyes and I like to envision, because God is timeless and God is of no time. And so I just think about all of the the past ancestors and saints that listen to these same, very same Vespers in probably the same format a lot of ways. It just is, I don't know, it to me makes our faith seem very intimate. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Brandon, for those that are not in our listening area or not in the Yankton area, um, do you have any recommendations, maybe videos or recordings that you have found particularly beautiful and helpful um, that way that so that people can still experience kind of the sacred music that you're referring to or, or any uh, choirs that can be found online that you would recommend? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know there is a, one of my favorites is St. John Cantius in Chicago. Um, they do Vespers fairly regularly, and they, they do sing the traditional Vespers. They also are uh, experts at, at preparing the music for the extraordinary form of the Mass. So that's one place you can look, and you just can subscribe to them on YouTube and even have access to, to those things. Uh, my favorite probably vocal group that still sings very much in the tradition of what we think of traditional choral and the Christian choral tradition would be Dolce Eight. Um, they're a group of eight uh, Brits. <laughs> they're fantastic. Um, most of them brought up in, in the Anglican Church and learning through their choir school, so they're fantastic. Any of their recordings for Christmas or Advent are also really great in preparation for the season. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of those ideas with us. I just knew that we were going to have listeners that uh, couldn't travel to Yankton to experience the beauty of what Mount Marty is doing. Um, I know the Cathedral of St. Joseph here in Sioux Falls typically offers Vesper services throughout uh, the season of Advent as well. So uh, definitely check your local churches, your local cathedrals to see if uh, you can find <laughs> something close by and or check out some of those additional options, Brandon, that you offered us. So Brandon, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It was an absolute gift to chat with you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet. You have a great day. So up next, we will be learning which priest will win donuts this week. Okay, this segment kills me every I time, know, Heather. I know. And it, you know, and it's not somebody that's here, so we don't get any donuts. I know. I keep on telling people that I think like some priest in our building should win donuts, um, and a lot of them, so that they can be <laughs> shared. <laughs> we totally need a donut right now. <laughs> we totally need a donut right now. 2020 needs a donut, man. <laughs> 2020 needs a donut. Well, we have had an awesome morning thus far. And uh, just a reminder that you can go back and catch any of the segments that you might have missed, whether that was talking about our feeding ministry here in Sioux Falls, chatting with Robin Brueggemann about living liturgically. But definitely follow her on Instagram and Facebook, too, because she puts out lots of great ideas. Mm -hmm. And then Brandon Connell talking about uh, Mount Marty and the great, beautiful work that they're doing with their choral program this year, the gift of Vespers. So thank you so much for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I am Emily Leadham. And I'm Heather Carroll. And we will be back after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.